You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Hello and welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this podcast is 900, number 989. How exciting! Winging our way to 1,000th podcast, which will be sometime later this year. Pacific Group has been providing California corporations with 20 to 50 to 500 employees with unsurpassed service since 1979. I've invited the founder, Paul Gerenstrom, on the show to talk about the current state of employee benefits program. If you'd like to learn more about the radio show and the CEO peer groups that I lead, then visit criticalmassforbusiness.com. And if you know someone who might make a great guest, like I'm sure Paul will be, please call or text me at 949-887-4104. We're always looking for interesting guests. Paul, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. Hi, Richard. How are you doing today? I am great now that we're here on the podcast. Um, let's start by asking you, let's share a little bit. Would you be so kind as to share a little bit, uh, kind of a, your background, maybe an interesting story on your path and journey to where you are today with Pacific Group? Well, you know, Richard, I don't believe many people set a path early on in their career to be in the insurance business. That was certainly not me. Hmm. I had served four years in the United States Air Force out of high school and had always had a passion for flying and basketball. So after serving four years in the Air Force as a crew member on a C-141 Starlifter, think like a really big cargo plane, I decided to separate. Uh, I was offered a basketball scholarship to Concordia College in Portland. But shortly after starting my freshman season, I tore my ACL in a preseason game. So back in the 80s, there was really no repair for the ACL. So I transferred over to Portland State University Night School. I had worked odd jobs during the day, sold shoes for Kenny's Shoes, worked fast food, did whatever it took so I could stay in school. A college placement recruiter at Portland State University suggested I checked out MetLife's recruiting post that was looking for young agents in the Portland area. Uh, long story short, that was 32 years ago, and that was some of the best advice I ever acted on. It's been a great career, and I just can't believe 32 years has gone by that quick. It does go by quickly, doesn't it, for those of us oh. that have the, the benefit of experience. And my engineer had asked me if you wouldn't mind speaking a little bit louder on the radio show okay. just for the audience. Okay. That would be greatly appreciated. Let me know if that's a little bit better. Oh, you're rock and rolling now, Paul. That is fantastic. <laughs> okay, Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I've been impressed with your firm being here in Southern California as well. I, I, I've met some of your people, and I, I know the brand that you've established as the founder of Pacific Group. But can, can you tell us a little bit about your firm, and why do clients choose to do business with Pacific Group? Well, you know what, Richard? The group health insurance market in California, for the most part, is unique to almost any other industry I've ever seen. So you get the picture here. Groups under 100 employees have fixed rates. They're filed with the state of California, meaning all brokers are going to get the same rates. And, and Richard, if you got your insurance license tomorrow, you would get the same rates in that market that we would. Uh, even when clients go direct and bypass a broker, which I never really suggest, uh, they, they're going to get the same rates as if you hire a broker. And for groups in that market of 100 to 300, the so-called mid-market, all brokers are going to receive the same rates, even though the rates are open bidding. Hmm. 
So how do we compete in that type of crazy environment? The two very simple but powerful words we live by, Richard, and that's service and proactive. We separate ourselves with not only what I call old-fashioned service, but we do it in a way that we're able to blend in technology from this century, but are still able to provide personal hands-on service to our clients like in the old days. Many firms today, I think, at least I personally think this, they use that technology to pass on work to their clients. And as far as being proactive, we also take much pride in our ability to see into the future and solve problems for our clients before they come up mostly from a legal, legislative, and service perspective. Just as an example, we were one of the first brokerage firms in California to employ an ACA attorney to handle all questions that arose from the new ACA legislation when it came up. It was a must for our clients to get those questions answered by a well-read ACA attorney, and we did that in 2012, way ahead of the game protecting our clients. And you know what, Richard, just as a side note, we've had clients that we've been doing business with since our inception. So we feel like we must be doing something right. That is a, I think that's probably the highest testament to customer service that you can have is to have uh, clients that have stayed with you since the 90s into this current uh, century. That is, that's awesome. You know, in the tease, I said we're going to talk a bit about the current state of employee benefits programs, and we're going to do that in the next block, ladies and gentlemen, so you don't want to miss that conversation. But, But I must imagine at a high level, Paul, all that we've been hearing in the news about the repeal of the ACA and the efforts to try to replace it and the plans of the future, that must be putting a lot of pressure on your team and on your company to sort of help guide your clients to make good decisions in the here and now. It's, it's been crazy. I mean, all you need to do is watch TV and, and see how fast the pendulum swing. I think everybody thought the change would have happened immediately, and now it looks like it could be in the distant future. Exactly. And, and ladies and gentlemen, I know many of you are uh, running uh, successful small businesses, medium-sized businesses around the country. You're going to want to uh, stay for the next block after our commercial, which we're not taking right now, but I want to I want to have Paul spend a little bit more time on the ACA and the efforts in Washington to repeal and replace it. But right now, you know, uh, I'm fascinated by the law of unintended consequences. I'm working on a book that will be out later this year on that as it relates to business conditions. Do, can you think of a time when you created a strategic plan or initiative only to have the outcome turn out to be quite different than what you had predicted? (laughs) Oh, yeah, very much so. So it was uh, 2010, and Obamacare had just passed. And I thought to myself, you know what? We need to get all the training possible for our folks as it relates to the ACA. Every employee in our company at the time went through an ACA boot camp. It was like a 10-course training program with a massive final exam at the end that covered all the information from the previous 10 courses. And on top of that, at the very same time, we were interviewing and seeking out an attorney we could employ to work with our clients with the legal issues pertaining to that upcoming ACA when it launched. And it was supposed to launch in 2012, right? So we were all prepared for that. And as we all know, Congress kicked that ACA can down the road, and they didn't really deploy it until 2014. So we had a proactive idea that went sideways on us, but we were way ahead of the game. 
our clients knew that we took the steps to protect them, and I think they appreciated it. And, you know, I, I know for a fact it's not the first time we had a good idea go sideways on us, and I'm sure it won't be the last. Sometimes for the betterment of our clients, you just need to take risks, and even if they're a, a little late to pay off. And I and I think there was such a hunger for knowledge in those days. You know what? And oh. they're still out there today, right? I mean, people, yeah. business owners are thirsting to try to understand what the answer this question, Paul. What does it mean to me? Really, is what they're asking you, right? Well, and and you know they get fed a lot from the news. Yes. And depending upon what channel you watch, you're going to get different answers, and and at least with how quickly it's going to happen. And I feel sorry for people because people are trying to run companies and they're trying to figure out how to set, you know, their uh, their future. And it's just really hard to predict right now. It is. And that's why we continue to do the shows that we do here on Critical Mass Radio Show and have quality guests like you, Paul. Before we take our first and only uh, break on, on this podcast, I wanted to ask you, I'm fascinated by su- leaders of successful companies such as you and your firm that your core philosophy that you've used over those many years that has allowed you to remain a good supplier to your clients that have been with you since the 90s and the new companies that are coming on and doing business with Pacific Group. Could could you share your core philosophy that you're using to lead and grow the firm? Absolutely. And, you know, it's evolved over a period of time. But essentially, our, our core philosophy states that at Pacific Group, our job is to proactively enhance the experiences of our clients, making their future more predictable. So how do we do that? Each year, we evaluate our service platform with our brokers and our account managers, and we look at adding services that will bring value to our clients' experience with us. It's just so important that we do that. And in our industry, the cost to obtain a quality client is probably one of the highest of any industries. So once we have a client, we never want to lose them. And one way of ensuring that is to be ahead of the curve and offering services that are beneficial to our clients and making sure that our our services meet our clients' needs. You know, it's it's one thing to have a large platform of services, but it's it's absolutely another to make sure that they're meaningful to the client that's getting them. That's interesting because, um, you know, you serve a pretty wide range of clients. I said in the open that, you know, you, you're servicing clients up to 500 employees, and that's a very different space than those people with 20 employees. And so to be able to ans- answer their questions and offer them services that are relevant to those different sizes, I'm sure that takes a certain amount of expertise and skill that you obviously have in the Pacific Group. So, uh, Well, and that's come over years. It didn't come overnight, but you're absolutely right. It's a completely different. Uh, situation dealing with large groups versus small groups, even with the ACA and the laws and how they apply to them. So, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to go anywhere because I promise you the first question that I'm going to ask Paul when we get back is to tell us what he is explaining and educating his clients about as it relates to the Affordable Care Act and what the future might look like as it relates to them and running their business and understanding its impact. So we're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere if you're listening to us on the live stream on octalkradio.net or as a podcast on iTunes. Hang around because we're going to come back in less than a minute with Paul. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, 
The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. This edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and all of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have appeared on our show. You know, since we started this program in 2009, we've reached several hundred thousand listeners through the live stream on octalkradio.net and a variety of podcasts. Simply type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show, and your favorite podcasting software to find our weekly show. All right, we're talking with... Paul Gerenstrom, and we're talking about all things Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, Trump Care. I don't know what the names that people want to call it anymore. It just doesn't matter to me. But what can you possibly be telling your clients given the the gyrations that have happened out of Washington, D.C. over the last few weeks? That's a, that's a great question. And, and, you know, if you would have asked me this a couple uh, weeks ago, I would have said we were telling our clients to prepare for some changes. And, and, you know, the bill that was sent up for consideration was only 123 pages long, and the ACA is over 2,500 pages. So my guess is that Washington, D.C. just wants more than less. So now what are we doing? Well, now we're telling our clients to assume that the ACA will be around for the rest of the year at a minimum and don't make any course corrections based on what you hear on the news or really from anybody else. I mean, when it happens, it's going to happen and everybody's going to know about it. When it comes to replacing the ACA, uh, I can tell you one, one thing for sure is that the group insurance market the, the, and this goes all the way down to two, is in a much better place than the individual market. And a lot of what we hear on the news kind of gets confused with the individual market and the group market. And I don't know if you knew this, Richard, or not, but in over 30 counties, or, or I'm sorry, in over 30% of the counties in America, there's only one carrier in the exchange. And in 2018, Tennessee will have several counties that will have zero carriers. How would you like to live in one of those counties? The ACA is going to implode on its own if somebody doesn't do something about it. The Affordable Care Act, when it came out, really had nothing to do with affordability. It had everything to do with getting people that didn't have insurance it, uh, providing them with an avenue to get insurance. So something has to give. Um, but one thing I want to assure everybody of is, especially in California, the group insurance market is extremely healthy. The individual market, and not only in California, but across the United States, is in desperate need of some CPR. And I don't see it getting any better soon. And I just saw a report a couple days ago that Anthem is looking to pull out of the exchange. We're talking with Paul Gerenstrom, and he's just giving us a sense for the Affordable Care Act. And, and, And maybe, if your time permits, later this year, I could have you back on the show, and and we could put a finer point on what you just said, which is much of the coverage is about one thing when most of the businesses are focused on something else as far as providing coverage for their employees. Would you be open to coming back in a future date? I would love to, Richard. Okay, because I'd really like to to get into that. As a matter of fact, I I, I think that's worthy of of another segment. I wish I had it today, but but I don't. But we'll we'll schedule that. Um, We have a few minutes left. I know that your, your firm 
is an active blogger and, and that you you put out regular information based entries and i'm wondering if you can share with my audience our audience you know how this activity is making an impact on your business well i have to admit up front we started to really actively engage with social media about six months ago so what's happened is most of the buyers in our service market today are buying like it's 1985, and most of the brokers are marketing like it's 1979. So <laughs> it's working. It's working, right? You know, I mean, that's, it's not a problem right now, but, well, but I see that trend changing. Okay. If you think about the millennials and, and the way they do things, think about this. They grew up with iPhones, iPads, Game Boys, PS3s, and laptops. I, I was lucky to have Pong, you know? So do, do they look for instructions when putting something together like I do? No way. They go to YouTube. They will never get in a cab. They're always going to use Uber and Lyft, and they'll probably always rent and never buy. So so how will they purchase our products in 10 years from now is what I'm really starting to think about. When they're in positions of companies to buy, and I believe the Internet and social media will be their starting point. So have to admit, are we blowing the insurance policies off the shelf at Pacific Group using social media today? Absolutely not. <laughs> but we are creating a presence in the marketplace for ourselves, and our skill set using social media will only get better. And times are changing. And companies that don't get on board with this, and I'm not saying you have to commit all your marketing dollars to this, especially in our industry that's really lagging behind, but it's coming. And Change is abound, and if you're not on top of it, you're going to be behind it, and it can happen really quick. I wonder if I could get a gong for that. <laughs> okay, so the loyal listeners here of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast know whenever there was a gong that if they were not quite tuned in to what just was said, they need to go back and pick it up because um, these are teachable moments, and Paul Garenstrom just gave us uh, some valuable insight as a, a prudent way to protect the future proof of your business by getting involved in social media and newer technologies today. I have to ask you, because I know you have a number of millennials that are in your high performing millennials that are in your workforce. Did this idea six months ago come organically from you or did some of your staff help you to recognize this? Paul, how, how did you come to this realization? Well, I think you probably know the answer. Uh, just even asking me that question, but really the answer came organically. It, it came from them. It, it certainly didn't come from me and the more that they worked on me and convinced me that this is the way to go the more I started seeing and the more you start reading about things but but I have to say too when you look at our industry our industry is so lagging in technology and so lagging in in this field uh, that there's a great opening for us and we feel like we are stepping that foot forward to open the door and and create something new and this is this is one of the core uh, organizing strategies of the research that I'm doing for the book that I'll be writing and publishing next year called The Critical Mass Company about companies that are finding ways to be relevant. In other words, being found by the consumer, by the customer, and using technology as a best practice is one of those areas, Paul. And, you, and you, you've really spoken to that quite well on the show today. I appreciate that. So important, yeah. All right. Well, um, 
Can you think of a time? I have a few minutes left with you. Unfortunately, we're running out of time on this podcast. Okay. My engineer tells me about five <laughs> minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Can you think of a time in business where a peer executive, someone not in your company, not like the millennials helped you with social media, yeah. but gave you, you know, gave you the benefit of their experience that helped you either overcome a maybe yeah. a challenge or take advantage of an opportunity? And if so, Paul, can can you share that with my audience? Sure, absolutely. I, th- I think the best example that I can think of was many, many years ago while trying to get the company launched, I was having trouble with retaining account managers. I struggled for this for like many years, and, and I couldn't work through it. So I asked a close business friend of mine who is a little bit older, more experienced, and had gone through some of these growing issues with his company, and I asked him if he would help me out. So fortunately for me, Rob actually came into my office. He interviewed my account managers, and he looked at their files. And the first thing he asked me was, where are their pre-employment test scores? And I remember I said, I said, what? What do you mean? And he asked if I was testing employees on proficiency prior to hiring. And I said, I, I, was, I was too busy for that stuff. <laughs> And he said, are you too busy to keep hiring new employees? (laughs) And the second thing he asked me was he wanted to see what I was paying these employees. And when I showed him the reports, a big smile came across his face, and he said, clear as day. He said, Paul, you're hiring people that should not be in that position, and to get those quality employees, you need to pay more money. But you should be able to expect more out of them and better retention. So the first thing I did was I tested all the employees that we had at the time. And you know what? Most of them failed the test. Wow. And from that moment on, we pre-tested all employees and pay at or above the, the industry standard. And, and since that talk that he had with me years ago, we've developed a 98% retention of our clients. And we have been able to hang on to our employees. And that's probably one of the most important lessons that I ever learned. Thank you. Uh, uh, that is such a powerful testimonial. Hold on. We got two gongs in one show, ladies and gentlemen. That doesn't generally happen here on Critical Mass Radio Show. I knew you were going to be a good guest, Paul. Uh, that is a powerful statement for uh, asking for advice and then being open to receive it and then implement it. Because if you don't implement good advice, I don't care how great the advice is, you will get no value in your business from it. Right, Paul? you got to take action. So true, Richard. All right, last question. If someone, based on hearing your interview with us today, would like to learn more about Pacific Group, how do they find your firm online, sir? Well, they can look through our social media network on <laughs> Facebook. Um, but but one, of the, one of the easiest ways to get a hold of me is uh, paulg at pginsurance.com, or they can just pick up the phone and call me direct at 949 929 4646. Do me a favor. Give me your email one more time, please. Sure. Paul G at pginsurance.com. And the phone number? 949-929-4646. Paul Garenstrom, this was fantastic. The time has flown by. You did not disappoint. I had high expectations for this conversation today based on our earlier interactions, and I want to thank you for being a friend of the program and welcome you to the Critical Mass community. Thank you, Richard, and I appreciate you having me on. My pleasure, sir. Have a good day.
Have a great day. Thank you, Richard. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a short break. If you're listening to us live here on the OC Talk Radio stream, don't go anywhere. If you're listening to us as a podcast, I would like to say thanks to our engineer, Paul Roberts. Our producers are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. I'm your host, Richard Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about this radio show and podcast or the firm that I lead, visit my website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 